Coming up, it's all about the Rangers. My friend Johnny Lazarus joins to break down the Penguin series, that crazy come from behind, coming back from down 3-1, coming back from down 2-0 twice, and then being down a goal with five minutes left in Game 7 and winning what that was like and previews the upcoming series with the Carolina Hurricanes. All that and more coming up next. Welcome back. By now, you know, the Rangers won game seven, one of the craziest games. Uh, That team is so much fun. And one of the things that I talked about with a couple of people was how I just wanted them to win because I wasn't ready for that season to be over. And game seven, I was sitting there and the depression was starting to kick in. And I was like, oh, my God, here we go. Rangers are going to lose this game and they're down a goal with five minutes left. And then Mika scores. It goes to overtime. Panarin wins it, obviously. Now I know I have them for two more weeks. Do I think they can beat Carolina? Maybe not. I don't know. But there is a path there. I think if Igor can steal them a game, if Igor can turn into the guy that he was, and you're going to hear me talk about it in a little while. But on this episode, I mostly talk with a friend of mine, Johnny Lazarus. He's a huge Ranger fan, hosts a Rangers podcast, and he also played hockey. So he knows exactly uh, what's going on. He has a little bit more in-depth detail than I can give you. So that interview is pretty good. One thing he did say, actually, um, after we were not recording anymore, something that could be an advantage for the Rangers. And one of the things I thought of was I said after, I think, game four when the Rangers were down 3-1. I don't mind Louis Domingue turning back into Louis Domingue like he did in game six and giving up some soft goals and then then bringing in Tristan Jari because you put Tristan Jari in that situation all of a sudden now throwing him in the middle of a game seven, that crazy environment. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. And now we might be facing the same situation again with Antti Ranta. He's going to be starting the series. And if he has a dud and then you're going to bring Frederick Anderson back off an injury and throw him in the middle of a series. So that could be a way where the Rangers can steal two games. But one of the other things that Johnny said was that there's Crosby line. That was the line that totally killed the Rangers when the Rangers were totally handled in that series, the, the portions that they were. It was because Sidney Crosby and what he was doing on that line um, for that team. So you're not going to have that in this series. Obviously, we know Carolina is a really good team. We've seen the Rangers play up and down to their competition. So when Carolina starts checking and they start playing really quick, maybe you see the Rangers start to pass the puck quickly again and turn back into that team that they can be, the team that we saw for the first 20 minutes of the Penguin series. If they play their best, I don't think the Rangers have peaked yet. If they play their best, I think they can win. Also, side note, I was at the Yankee game both last night and tonight. This team is just ridiculous. Aaron Judge is like, yeah, it's really fun. We want to play two games tonight. That's a great quote. Um, that's how fun this team is right now. They refuse to lose. They're 27-9. and nine. Um, So just wanted to throw that out there. I'm going to record a basketball podcast at some point this week because I got to talk about Chris Paul. I got to talk about what's going on in the NBA playoffs as the Miami Heat just beat the Boston Celtics. It was kind of Jimmy Butler's way of saying, and Bram Adebayo also, they were just like, oh, we're, no one's talking about us. We're going to come out and win this game. We're going to dominate. So all that stuff I'll get to you at some point this week. But first, it's all about the Rangers. Their game starts. If you're listening to this, it's already Wednesday. Game one against Carolina tonight. So here we go. Here's the interview with Johnny. I hope you enjoy it. Now Panarin wants in. He shoots. He scores. He scores. Rangers. Rangers. Rangers win. Joining me now, the first repeat guest who is not my dad and our personal hockey expert for the podcast, uh, Johnny Lazarus. How you doing, man? Thanks for doing this. Always good to talk to you, brother. Good to be here. Sorry that my voice is a little hoarse. So from game seven. Oh, good. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in a second, but um, I want to get into all of it because, you know, you could break it down. You were there, you played a little bit, 
you know Adam Fox, <laughs> all the things that make you our hockey expert. I want to start with game one because that was the beginning of the series. We were both there. And I don't know if we talked about the vibe. You were at the Mets game tonight. I was at the uh, Yankee game tonight and last night. And it felt like it was zero stakes. It felt like it was boring. I mean, that was the feeling I got compared to like the Ranger games that we were at. So talk, talk about the vibe in game one. Start with that. Well, I'm going to rewind for a second because you said I played a little. Are you chirping my playing time? In college? <laughs> right. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Um, the vibe of game one. So I was, I was actually the only games I was at this series was game one and game seven. And it's like the complete opposite of like vibe atmosphere in that building. Cause like after 10 minutes left in the second period, the whole mood in Madison square garden was just like, not the same from the first period, obviously like it was insane. So electric. Everyone was so happy to be back in the garden for playoff game and then Pittsburgh kind of dominates and sucks the life out of the fans a little bit. And also, I was kind of joking on our show, but I did say that the DJ in MSG has got to stop. It's got to <laughs> stop. You said that during the game. It you kills the mood, about, man. Yeah. It just sucks. It sucks. It's got to they stop. have it for game seven? They didn't. Oh, Thank wow. God. Thank oh God. Oh, my God. So they really listened to the Garden. They brought Baba back and they stopped the DJ. I don't know, because I feel like that DJ is coming back for at least one game. Because <laughs> I think, like... I think the Tau group is owned by MSG or something like that. So that's why they it have, makes uh, sense. They're probably promoting their own people. That's probably what it is. Exactly. But if they like, like, there's a guy like MSG, let's go. And it's like, <laughs> no, we're here for a hockey game. Like play like exactly or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. But I thought like between the second and third period or the second and third overtime, I should say, people were just waiting for it to end. People are like, oh my God, we want to get out of here. Like no one was in a good mood. The, the team hadn't played well in about two hours at that point, right? The yeah. team was playing like crap. We were there for six hours and leaving that building was just one of the worst feelings in the world. Yeah, I mean, um, everyone knows how annoying it is to be in that MSG staircase, especially after a loss, let alone a win. I mean, wins are fine, but it's still <laughs> like, like there's no worse feeling than going down the stairs, trying to catch a train at Penn Station after a loss, especially in third overtime when it's midnight, like I was there for six hours. I was yeah. there in the building for actual six hours, miserable feeling. And you're starving. Like I was, I was drinking like Mountain Dew and I never drink. Right. Cause the, the concessions were closed. They closed them like at 10 PM and we were still there for two hours. Yeah. It was, it was brutal. Two hours. It was brutal. I love yeah. that Sebastian Maniscalco, that, that bit, if you know that one. What was that? Every time someone says two hours, Sebastian Maniscalco does this bit about he's Italian. His wife's Jewish. And, uh, like his first Passover Seder. She's like, yeah, we read for two hours. He goes, two hours. That's a good one. I, uh, you'll have yeah. to send that to me. I'll, I'll put oh, the link the in the description. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> yeah. But um, so then we go from there, by the way. So I want to talk about this for a second because all the bandwagon fans, I love it. Like the, the barstool shirts, the wagon, whatever, all that stuff is great. But I well, hate wait. when the, what was that? You know, that's not like, because bandwagon, right? No. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. A wagon's like a hockey term for like, like, let's say the Rangers win 15 games in a row. Like they're a wagon. It's not like a bandwagon. I thing. didn't even know. I just assumed it was because everyone hops on when they get no, to no, no. like, <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So that's, see, that's why you're the hockey expert. I'm not, but um, <laughs> so when they get to the playoffs, the entire city rallies behind them. It's fun. Like it's fun. All these people who don't know about hockey, they come on, they start talking, but I don't need those same people starting to talk to me like, Oh, Igor sucks. And this guy's not doing well. That guy's doing well. Like, I feel like so many of them have been telling us what this team is and what this team isn't like, it's cool to have the city. Like you hear it on sports talk radio. All of a sudden the Rangers are a topic, but like, 
how do you have you had people telling you like oh no yeah this team's awful like we you know Igor he's this is the guy who's supposed to be MVP it's actually so funny you say that because a huge reason to why my phone died at game one is because my high school group chat who probably only watches hockey from April to June is texting me about the the Philip goal that was called back and they're like literally just reiterating what the announcers are saying. They're like, it's, it's no goal. Cause he skated through the crease. I was like, this isn't your guy's opinion. You're just listening to what they're saying on TNT and telling it to me. I'm right. here. Saw what happened. It was, it should have been a good goal. And I'm, I'm sticking by that until I die. Yeah. Like, it's your pin tweet. <laughs> dude, literally my, pin, and, and not, not only that, um, it came out. I don't know if you saw, but it came out today that Brian Dumlin tore his ACL on that play. Like, obviously, I don't root for a guy to get injured, but Ranger fans attacked, attacked that reporter for the Penguins. I, I think saw that Taylor saying yeah. like, "How could he have gotten hurt when he didn't even make contact with Kako?" Yeah, you know, like, I saw that. Oh my god! Like that just added so much fuel to the fire. The Rangers fans have been awful to the Penguins reporter specifically because you know they're t- they're just tweeting out what the penguins have been saying and but they've been saying like they've been complaining about the helmet coming off at the end in game in game seven like all that stuff like how could you look at this series and not think that the penguins got every 50 50 call right even that i think the officiating was horrible for both sides but like you heard penguins fans say it in game one like oh that goal was called off guess what you had three overtimes to win the game right okay guess what you had three games and you blew two goal leads in every <laughs> single one of them so figure it out like the officiating i think on, on both sides was terrible the first three or four games i think it definitely favored the penguins i think the last couple of games the rangers may have been favored a bit there were some like like really weak calls honestly i think the weakest call was uh a goal that Heedle scored on i forgot who was called for a penalty on the penguins right. But that was terrible. In that game five to go to go up five yeah. to go up four three. Yeah. Yes. That call, I, it might have been Pedersen. That call was terrible. Yep. And then so speaking of that, after game four, I texted you this. There was like a weird confidence. We're like, we've been here before, we've been down three one. This team hasn't played their best hockey yet. Why was there this confidence that all the Rangers fans had going in down three one? Look at your shirt, man. Hell yeah. We have Igor, you don't. I mean, not that he even played so great in, in game six, but like the guy on home ice, I'll take Igor on home ice. And like, I literally bet the Rangers at home every single time they're home. Like, that's just like, I yep. just trust Igor on, on home ice. Um, and, and like literally in playoff hockey, like, like I said, like I, I literally posted that tweet, like that video of me after game four. And I was like, all you need is one thing that changes the series. Like that's all it takes. One little bounce, one goal, whatever you want to call it. And all it took was that Adam Fox goal after Crosby's out and it changed that changed the entire series, even though, you know, the Rangers go down two nothing in game six, but they've been the most resilient team all regular season. They had the franchise record for most comeback wins. Like they, like not to sound cliche, but there really was like no quit in that team. And, and I yeah. think honestly, I said this to Sarah Sivian in our show. I was like, if I'm the hurricanes, I don't want to go up to nothing against the Rangers. Like that's like exactly where we want them. <laughs> yeah, I guess, but I don't want to go to net down to nothing to the Rangers uh, score the first couple goals. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But so speaking of, they go down to nothing in game five to nothing game six, and then they're down. There was that depression starting to sink in. I know. Cause we were texting about it during game five, even like yeah. three times. It was just like, Oh my God, the season's going to end. And I'm just watching at the end of game seven. I was like, re- like it was just starting to seep in again, the depression. And again, they tie it. Like, how does that team keep doing that? I mean, Honestly, game six, I definitely believed way more than game five, like two, nothing game five. I was really watching the game like this. Like I was just like pure misery. I was and, so depressed. Dude. So depressed. And like, 
you heard that like Gerard Gallant like bag skated them the day before. So it's like, they definitely don't have legs for a reason. I don't know what, like people say the Crosby thing. Sure. But I, no, I the team know. was a different team. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I mean, really all it takes sometimes is that one goal that like gets you going, but like, man, like even Truba, like his goal, that's like, I mean, <laughs> this is going to be a stretch, but that's like something like a, you know, a really offensively skilled defenseman. And that's a play that they make true. Yeah. as like offensive as he can be, he's not a Fox or like, he, a, he doesn't make that play. Yeah. He doesn't make that play. So like, and even his backhand shot was weak, but like, whatever. Do you think there was a confidence that they had in the offensive zone, knowing that like, we're, we're not going to give up the odd man rush the other way. Cause Crosby's out of the game. I really just think it was the building, you know? Like you, like you really, when, when you play in front of a strong home crowd and you get momentum, like you just feel like you can do anything. But Sam mentioned it on TV during game five. It was like getting pretty quiet. Like, like you said, most Rangers fans were pretty depressed after the first goal. goal. Yeah. After the first goal, I'm saying you could, you could feel like you feel like you can do anything. Yep. And so, and the keys, by the way, from that point on, really were the big guys, right? Kreider turns into Kreider. Mika turns into Mika. Igor starts doing what he does. And obviously Panarin scores the game winner in game seven that's going to be the key going forward, I guess. Right. We just need those guys to be who they are. I literally said you cannot script a better game seven than what we saw. You literally cannot script it. Kreider scores the first goal of the game. Our 52 goal scorer, our captain scores the first goal. Then Mika, the guy we've kind of not necessarily relied on because we kind of rely on the bread man, but like Mika is the guy who needed to step up. He does. He has seven points in game six and game seven combined. He scores a tying goal. Then you have Artemi Panarin, who apparently to all Ranger fans was terrible all first round, but somehow had seven points in seven games. <laughs> exactly. He wasn't terrible. He just wasn't the Panarin that we're used to seeing. He was really bad in game seven. Dude, he was not, he was really bad in game one. In game one, he was not good. In game seven, he was fine. He had six shots on goal. He like right, by the way, well, I saw that also. Yeah. He was offensive. Like he just he wasn't like dangling guys and like making backdoor passes like we've seen all year. But it doesn't right. mean he was bad. Right. He just wasn't like the guy we're used to seeing. Like he took a bad penalty. He had a couple turnovers, like you know, on passes that got picked up. It's game up, right? seven, man. It's game yep. seven. You're not gonna be perfect. Like yep. even like the guys behind me were like, wake up, Fox, it's game seven. I'm like, dude he's a young kid playing in his first game seven. Like he's not going to be the best player on the planet. Like, I mean, dude, honestly, thinking back to it, Brad Marchand, who's like been one of the best playoff performers in the world, probably was the difference in game seven of the 2019 standing up final. He makes a horrible change on the back check. And Alex Petrangelo comes in and goes backhand shelf in the first period to go up to nothing. Like dude, it's, it's, it's game seven in the Stanley cup playoffs. Like, no one's going to be perfect. Like and in any sport, I don't yeah. know any athlete that has ever, I mean, okay. Lundqvist maybe, but <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable that game elimination seven, games yeah. at home, he gives up less than one goal a game. It's nuts. You, you just can't like, like these fans. And the funniest, the funniest meme that I've seen is like, it's this guy in bed with like 30 beer cans in his room. Like these guys suck. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the funniest thing in the world. Like, yeah, really exactly. It was, I saw something, the same thing, like kind of about the Olympics. It was like, uh, you know, me with my hand in the potato chips and like yeah. somebody takes one extra step after doing like a 360 backflip in the air. You know <laughs> what I mean? And like, I'm like, Oh, you it. suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. So, okay. Talk about the vibe in the building game seven. You were there. Um, I don't want to know what you paid, but game seven, you were there you get to say it worth it i'm sure worth every penny 
Yeah. Plus, I also won it back in all my bets. So, <laughs> well, but, you're killing it, by the way. Just plug that, you plug your bets real quickly. Cause if you want to make money, just follow Johnny covers, right? Yeah. But I did, uh, my pick tonight was the uh, over in the Panthers game, but they decided not to show up tonight. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I write for covers and action network. I'm constantly talking about sports betting um, responsibly, of course. Responsibly. It's, uh, always been a passion of mine. I just think it like, brings people together. It's, it's always so much fun and something people can like bond over. So even gonna... like a baseball game tonight, like next pitch is going to be a strike. No, it's going to be a ball 10 bucks. All right. Perfect. That's, that's just like, that's the, the degenerate. <laughs> you think that's it? live betting was made for baseball. De- I definitely agree. Definitely agree. That's, that's the perfect sport for live betting, but like, dude, come on. It's 50, 50, every pitch. <laughs> I mean, no, every like eighth pitch. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you my favorite bet in hockey though. And this is like talking about live betting. This is like, I call it the loophole bet. If a home team, like a favorite is up by one goal in the third period, with like 10 minutes left. They're like usually plus like 130, 140 minus one and a half. Chances are they're scoring that empty net goal. I always take that. Right. Exactly. It hits maybe 40% of the time, but like with those odds, it kind of like evens out. All right, so that's the loophole. I'll look. I'll I'll, I'll look for that one. Like right uh, now, go. the abs are up two to one as we speak. I'll probably take the abs minus. Actually, no, because they were such heavy favorites. That's probably minus two and a half. So that's doesn't not going to work. But for the most part, okay. So take me through the game, game seven in Madison Square Garden. What the mood was, I guess, from the Kreider goal to you know the two goals that like they seemed fake. Both goals for Pittsburgh were weird, right? Because there's the goal that comes from Toronto. There's the goal that that was the high stick, and then. Uh, you're down a goal with five minutes left and Mika's goal. And then obviously over time, what was the mood throughout? So I'm going to start even before the game. I went to Mustang Harry's, which is a staple, like right outside MSG. Yep. Uh, always went there before Bruce Springsteen concerts. That was like my first time there before a Ranger game. Um, I'm actually going back there Sunday before game three. Okay. And even in that bar, like there was let's go Rangers chance, like in the bar at five o'clock. Like right. it was just like the city was like ready for the game. Um, and I like to be there early. I got there at like 5:45. I was in MSG. Um, you know, everyone kind of just walking around the hallway. Like you just felt this like social, like it was going to be a fun night, you know? Um, Bob O'Reilly comes on, everyone stands up at the yep. same time. Like that is just like, there's nothing better than that. You know, yep. it really was, it was insane. Uh, and then the game starts and it's like, you know, pretty back and forth, pretty even. And then Crowder scores that goal. And it's like, oh my God, like we're, we're doing this. Like we're doing this. Like Igor's going to pitch a shutout. Like this, this is what's, <laughs> yeah, what's at meant, that point. This is what's meant to happen, you know? Well, because Igor hadn't stolen a game the entire series. Yep. So it's like, he's bound to do that, you know? I was going to say what's interesting is that like, he didn't really steal game seven, but he did because of the amount of times he kept them in it, right? Yeah, I think the expected goals were like, Five, Six, yeah, five and a half, like that. something like yeah, that. Yeah. Steve Alcat posted that. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something that I also focus on in my writing. Like expected goals is like a huge, Eeyore led the league in expected goals all year long. And, right. and Freddie Anderson was right behind him, which is why I think Freddie Anderson kind of got chipped for the Besna because he, he was right there with Eeyore. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah. So, so the Penguins tying goal, I think it was Danton Heinen. Foxy makes a great play, just a, a split second too late. I actually thought, like, first glance, I thought he actually, yeah, stopped. he made the save. Yeah. It was literally like an inch, like yep. an inch. Um, and if so the then, puck yeah. is not on its side, it's probably not fully over the, over the line. Like, you're saying? Yeah. yeah. If yeah. the puck was like, yep. Probably could have been. Yeah. Um, but then that cancel goal, like, here's the thing too. Like I was complaining about the officiating, but like 
the Gensel goal was called a good goal on the ice. So I'm like, right, okay, yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. It should be a goal. Like, yep. you know, I, I would, if I was a Penguins fan and they call that off, I would have been like, that's ridiculous. Like, right. you know, so um, that didn't necessarily suck the life out of the building. Cause it was still like, you know, I think halfway through the second period. Yep. Um, and then they respond right away. Like I think two shifts later, Keandre just throws a puck on net. It's a lucky bounce. Yep. And honestly, as good as Mike Matheson played for the Penguins, I thought he was actually their best defenseman. He had so many bad bounces. I think there was like three goals in the series that went off his foot. Yep. And Aaron's goal in game two, uh, two, two. Yeah. Game two goes off Matheson. Right. That goal goes off Matheson. Um, and I don't know if the Kreider goal in game six hit him. Was that him? I'm not, I'm not sure. sure. Um, but yeah. So then we tied it two, two, get a power play. Hedl makes a terrible turnover, but like Hedl was, such a pleasant surprise. So I can't rip on him. Like he was great. Yeah, he was I, excellent. He's been a solid third line center all year long. Um, just like a simple, like nervous mistake should have chipped the puck in deep, turns it over. They score. Um, and then going to the third, actually, I'll tell a cool story. So my roommate from UMass, George Mika, uh, super tight with Zach Jones. Cause they played together. They wanted right. to together. And I know Zach like a little bit, but we had never met in person. So we went up to the chase bridge to talk to Zach in between periods, second and third. And Zach was like, we're tying this game. Like he, yeah. he literally just like said it. He was like, we're tying this game. Um, and you also said on your podcast that you told him half the Rangers fans want uh, him starting. Right. I told him all the Rangers, all, every, <laughs> everyone on Rangers Twitter wants him in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we had a good laugh about that. Um, but then even in the third period, like there wasn't much offense being generated. I think Tyler Mott had that breakaway and that was like pretty much it. Yeah. But I was like, Oh, like that was it. Like did that at was- any point, did you think like watching that breakaway develop, did you think Mott was scoring? Yeah, I did. Really? I did. I mean, I didn't, also- I like was just standing. I like, I didn't move off my couch. I was like, he's not scoring this. Well, cause Ranger fans have this perception of Mott that he's like this, like grinder that has no skill. But if you remember back in the bubble, Mott was like leading the bubble in goals in the first, right. like seven. he had like eight goals in the first seven games. Like, and he was a sick college player. Like he was on that line with like JT Comfer and, uh, who was uh, maybe Kyle Connor. Like that was the line. Okay. It was Kyle Connor and Comfer. Like they were the filthiest line in college hockey that year. I think Michigan just like got upset in like the elite eight, but like I've watched Tyler not play like literally since I was right. a sophomore in high so school. So you're saying he, he could have put a move on there. Yeah. I, I actually, I thought he was going to go back in. I really thought right. he was going to go back in, but I think the game seven nerves, like you just yeah, don't want sure. to move and look stupid. Yeah. yeah. He also had so much time to think it was like, it was almost too long, you know, like you see that developing and it's like a solid, like four seconds before you actually so clear, yeah. so clear cut. But the Mika's goal, like, honestly, I don't even remember like Pedersen's helmet falling off. Like, I don't remember yeah, because that. it just felt like a broken play and yeah. it was just like, okay, Mika just out of nowhere. It's so funny. Cause he's standing. I forget who was standing right next to him. Right. Mm-hmm. And he just, was it cop was like literally like cop made the backhand pass. Right. And he's just, takes the shot right away. And that's what you have to do. He just let it rip at that point in the game. You have nothing to lose. Yeah. And the place oh. must've exploded at that point. It was, Oh my God. I think, I think it was like pure shock. Cause there was like nothing really happening. Right. Like they didn't really have momentum. It was just kind of like, like there was no like back and forth. It was just kind of like, everyone's like afraid to make a mistake, you know? So, exactly. That's what it felt like. It felt like almost the game was tied. Yeah, no, it really did. Um, and I think it was just pure shock. And then it was literally just like from there on, like, everyone on the edge of their seat, just like freaking out every time either team crossed the blue line. Like it was, it was crazy. So when Keontre Miller draws the penalty, where was the, was the crowd just standing at that point for the, for the yeah. entire, like, sh- like 
power play. Yeah. Everyone in the building, I was in the two hundreds, we were all standing. Um, and, and I said this on my podcast, but I was like, and I've heard other people say it too. I do think in the regular season, that's a penalty shot. Right. Yeah. I heard you say that. Yeah. Um, and, and everyone's saying like, I'd prefer the power play. Cause like, we know the result, right? Like, but I yeah. think, man, if I, even if he missed like game seven, overtime penalty shot, I, is that ever happened before? I don't know if it's ever happened, but that's probably why the refs didn't want yeah. that. <laughs> that was, but that would have been so sick. Like, and plus Keandre had that penalty shot. He had it on ball against Boston. I was there for that. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was money in the shootouts. Yeah. Um, but even in that moment, like he's not making a move. No, no, he's, he's not. <laughs> no. Probably going like forehand, backhand, back to forehand, like blocker side. Like that's what he would have done. Oh. Okay. So post game, how long were you in the building? I know you lost Cody at some point. You texted me at 3 a.m. I don't know what it says, but it was a lot of, it was all caps. Uh, (laughs) What? No, I don't know what it was. I think you meant to write bro. Maybe you also, honestly, as much as I love you, you're the worst kind of guy because Cody too, everyone texts me like during the games, like the play that's happening. Like, yeah, I see it. (laughs) Like like Cody texts me like, OMG cried. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, that's like, fair. Like, what am I supposed to say to that? Like, no, like, I know, but you texted me back at two fifty four a.m. B e o o o o o o o all caps. I meant bro. Right. That's what I, that, that, that's what I said. I wasted. Yeah. So was and how? So it was just countless Ranger fans. Was it still a party, or were you just partying with random people at that point? You didn't care. So I was with like three or four guys that. Well, I know. So I was with like AJ and Cody, who like I know. Right. Really well. Yep. They had their buddies and I was with my friend, Melissa, that I went with. And like, I think AJ just said, like, come to the stout. Like, so I didn't even think I was like, I'm like, I had work the next day and I was like, whatever, I'm staying out. Like this yeah. is, yeah. Um, because also I was actually at the step on game where he scored an overtime in game seven, but I was like 18 or 19. And I couldn't go out after. So like, right. You know, you were at I, that game too. I've been at three game sevens, three, no. Oh my God. Okay. You gotta at, keep going. <laughs> yeah. It was that game seven of the Philly series in 2014 when Carcillo scored and Pouliot scored. Okay. Um, and I was at step on and then I was at this game and I've, I've actually, I every like, okay. So when the Rangers were on their runs in high school, I was like just babysitting for money and I spent all my money on Ranger playoff tickets. Like yeah. I was at the St. Louis overtime game. I was at the Brad Richards tying goal game. Like I literally dropped every dollar I had on Ranger playoff tickets. Like yeah. I, for me, like, I'm, I'm a guy who spends money on like experiences. Like I don't, you know, 100%. Like, all that matters to me. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, like it, what were we saying? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm just trying to think like After uh, the game. step on game, those two games, step on and Panarin. Those are probably two of the, like the best Rangers wins in the last, like God knows how long ever. Honestly though, the step on game, it was more like, cause it was a one, one game going into overtime. So it wasn't like as like, emotional because it's kind of right. like this game was just tight the whole time. Right. but the pittsburgh game was like so back and forth like we're on this high when Kreider scores then we're like oh no when the penguins go up two to one and then it's like oh we're back in this high when keandre right. ties but, it then it's like, oh my god how's this happening again but if yeah. i remember correctly the step on game um where didn't like the caps have the puck in the ranger zone the entire beginning of that overtime and yeah. no uh i thought they had the puck the entire time and then the rangers got one possession the caps ice it. And that's what set up that face off to win the game. Right. Cause I feel like, I feel like Lundqvist was just insane in that game. Maybe. I mean, I know Kevin Hayes scored the opening goal and right. then I think Vetchkin may have scored the first goal for Washington. He scored a thousand times in that series. Yeah. 
Yeah, he did. Um, I don't really remember. I don't honestly, I don't remember like the plays leading up. Right. But I mean, like this, this overtime, thank God, like, cause I was at game one and I was like, so miserable to sit there. Like, yeah. Thank God it ended so fast. I couldn't have gotten out of my seat quicker. You must have stayed and partied for a while, like after game seven, after the goal. Watch the uh, three stars. Then, um, no, then I went right to the bar. <laughs> I got it. I, I, one of the first things I did was tweeted at AJ. I was like, dude, when were we getting this video? And he dropped it this morning. So, you so, know, so good. Always so good. All right. I got to applaud him, man. He is unbelievable yeah. at everything he does. The t-shirts he makes, the clothes he makes, the graphics, everything AJ Casaglia does. Like I introduced him like to anyone who didn't know him this weekend at the bar. Like yeah. you got to watch this guy's stuff. Like literally yeah. kills every time. Like he's- I'm working on something with him with for the podcast now. So should really? be good. I mean, yeah, awesome. it's, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Cause uh, he's like a logo or something. Yeah. Cause he's just incredible at everything. So yes. Yes. Um, so on to Carolina, we know about all the ex Rangers. One story that you guys told on the podcast that I did not know was the anti Ranta story, which is a great story. I don't know. Um, yeah. So Sarah told it on your podcast. So if you guys want to hear it, you go listen there, but basically he's dealt with some ad- like adversity. Is he going to start um, game one? That's the word. Yeah. Because I don't even think Freddie practiced today. Right. Okay. So just add him to the list of ex Rangers. If anti Ranta could score, he would because ex Rangers always score on the Rangers. Um, I hate Tony D'Angelo. Just, he bugs. What do you think they can do? How can the Rangers steal this series? I mean, it's really, really hard because I, I think no matter, see, everyone's like Carolina, 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 like they're scared of Carolina, but it's all, it's all because of the way they play as a team. Right. right. Like I know the Kenyak, whatever blog tweeted like Ranger media is saying Carolina has no stars whatever. I think they have a lot of good players. Do they have a game breaker? No, I don't think so. Like I, I like, I, I don't think they have someone that takes over a game, like the way Panarin does or the way, like not necessarily Mika, but like, you know, someone who can really do that. Like Aho and Svechnikov and D'Angelo. Sure. Great players, Slavin, great player, but I'll be the one to say it, man. Everyone's saying like, Oh, none of us said that. Like, you know, like I, I'll take Mika Kreider and Panarin over their top line any day of the week, like, I don't right. care. any day of the week. Like these guys are studs. Like Aho is a great player. Don't get me wrong, but is he a stud? Eh, I don't know. Um, and then again, that's me being biased. So whatever, take that as you will. So you think the Rangers are winning the series? I do, and, and honestly, it's because, like we saw in the Penguin series, like when they were the favorite, they didn't play up to par, and when they were the underdog, they did. Like it's just right. whenever they're counted out, they answer the bell. They've answered every single challenge that they've had this year. Like literally every single one. I mean, I think back, I know it's the regular season, but even that weekend, the Saturday or the Friday, Saturday or Saturday, Sunday, I forgot which days of the weekend it was, but you play Carolina and Tampa back to back on the road and you win both those games. I know yep. your game stands on his head in one of them, but like good teams find a way to win. And and that's and as much as people say the Rangers haven't played a full 60 minutes, like show me one team besides Colorado in the playoffs that has. But that's a good thing, maybe, because the Rangers, we talked about this when they were down 3-1. They haven't peaked yet in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, it feels like they haven't played their best game. I think still their best stretch was the first 25 minutes of game one. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Or the second period in game three. Yeah. You yeah. said something interesting about not having home ice on your podcast. You like that? You like that or not? I, I kind of like it. You, go ahead. Say what it is. No, no, I want you to team me up. So... You said that it might be better to not have home ice because you don't want to be down, right? You don't want to be, yeah, go ahead. I, I just think I saw what happened in the Pittsburgh series. Like you lose game one on home ice. It sucks the life out of you. Yep. 
sucks the life out of you. If God forbid the Rangers played on home ice and lost game one to Carolina, every Ranger fan is like, how are we going to win this series? It's we're down one nothing already. We got to go back to Carolina for two games. We're screwed. That, that's just how Ranger fans are, right? Like for the most part, 95% of Ranger fans are not very optimistic. Like, let's right. just do that. Meanwhile, if you send in general, yeah, if you split, right. If you split on the road, the first two games, then all of a sudden you're coming home for two games. You have home ice. You have three of the next five games at home ice. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. So if you, if you steal, I, I guarantee it's going to be the same way for Carolina fans. If the Rangers steal a game on the road, all of a sudden the Rangers have momentum in the series, no matter if it's game one or game two, it doesn't matter. They're coming home to MSG. Like they have momentum. I don't care. They I think lose. the path for the Rangers, honestly, is get, steal game one, win the two at home and then figure it out from there. I do think they're going to lose game one and win game two. That's Okay. That's- but then if, if you're saying home, that means that they have to win three consecutive games at some point in that series, which we've seen just now. The Rangers can do that. Not, not a big deal. How they Meaning, because if they win game two and then the next two games are at home, they have to win those two games consecutively at home, right? And that would be three consecutive wins because game two, three, four. No, they could split two, two. That's fine. Okay. You're saying they could split two, two, but then they lost home ice. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying I'm, I'd much rather them split two, two, like in that sense, than like, cause they're not, if, if they were home and split at home, they're going to probably go down three to one. Yeah. Again, exactly. You know, cause yeah, the Carolina you... Hurricanes are like one of the best home teams in the league. So like, yep. that's why I'd, I'd rather them, even if they're down to nothing, I'm not losing faith because they're coming home. Yeah. But if they were down to nothing, going back to Carolina. So seven. I think, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Kind of. If the Rangers win this series, it's a really stupid take. No, I think I think it's a pretty decent take, but you kind of ruined it because the way I said it made more sense. Because then if they split the first two, then they could they could go up three one. But yeah, if you're but saying it doesn't matter if they split two two, even two to two, if it's, it's better two, than three one, yeah. If it's two to two going back to Carolina, I will take those odds any day of the week because all you need, like I said, Igor steals the game on the road. They could be up three two coming home. That's it. Okay. So that's exactly what I'm saying though. Do you think Igor can steal a game in this series, especially on the road? We saw what happened in the first series, particularly in Pittsburgh. Um, We've seen him play really well for stretches also, but can he have a game where he pitches a shutout, gives up only one goal, something like that? I I think, I think I don't want to say it because every hockey player knows you never say the S word ever. Never say the S word. Every goalie can't stand it whenever that word is said. So I do think Igor will have a very good game, but I will not say the S word. You want to make it one of the, okay. So is it going to be a road game? If I had to guess, no. Okay. Um, just because like everyone says Carolina is the hardest place to play. And I know how Igor plays at home ice. So I would say a home game. Um, but then again, like I, I do think the officiating is going to make a difference at some point. And I just hope that they're in our favor on the road because we're going to need all the help we can get in Carolina. Yeah. I, I feel that. So, okay. So your prediction for the series, final prediction, Rangers and six Rangers and six. Okay. Got it. So first of all, 16 games, winning 16 games to win a cup. You really see how difficult it is. That first series felt like a month. It's insane. Yeah. I, I, I also, I want, before we move on, I do want to say, I do think it's going to be tied to, two going back to Carolina. And that's when I think they steal a game and come home. And win. That's yeah. I mean, I could, I could see that happening. Yeah. So that's, that's really all I got. Um, plug your stuff. So go ahead. You got a lot going on. Yeah, just uh, follow the blue Yorker pod. Um, we're fully associated with blue York. They're awesome guys. AJ, Alex, Celia, 
Um, they do incredible work as you know, so follow blue York as well. They're like a huge Rangers fan page, a brand like literally clothing, everything. Um, we have a discord. They do it all. Yep. Super great guys. So now AJ actually told one of the best stories. So he was selling an extra ticket for game seven. And one of the kids in the discord bought it, like not, never met in their lives. And after the Rangers scored that goal in overtime, AJ and this kid hugged, like it was their moment. Like <laughs> it's just like the beauty of sports yeah. on like this random, I love kid, that. You know, like, it, it really is like insane. And like, even, even the girl I went with this girl, Melissa, like I haven't seen her in 10 years, but she knew that I was a big Ranger fan. And like she had no one to go with. So she texted me and I was like, no one wants to spend the money. I'm down. I'll go with you. Right. Like it just, that's what sports does, man. Like it just brings people together. And I told the story on my podcast, like I walked 20 blocks past MSG to go home on, on Sunday night at 2 AM. And I saw a guy in a Ranger jersey and we just like, yo, what's up, dude. Yeah. What a game is hugged dad. Like it, it's just the best man. It really is. Yeah. People saw the t-shirt tonight at Camden Yards. I'm wearing the, we have Igor t-shirt, a whole bunch of people commented and whatever. Um, yeah. So, all right. So follow you also Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. You're doing great work with the blue Yorker, like you said, and all that. So, um, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Always Rangers. Um, and I hope, you know what, let's, if they make it past this series, we'll do it again. For your listeners, this guy grinds, man. It's 1148 on Tuesday night. We're doing this. I'm going to try something here now. Yeah, go for that. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'll Rocket. be I'll I'll be up at uh, for work at nine and then work in the overnight tomorrow night. So it's gonna be yeah. fun. <laughs> exactly. Always fun, Rami. I appreciate it. Appreciate it so much, man. Thank you. Thank you so much to Johnny for joining me on the podcast. Like I said, we're going to have NBA coming up. So we'll talk about NBA. Obviously, we're going to keep some eyes on the Yankees. Pay close attention to what they've been able to do because they've been insane. And it's all about the Rangers. Game one is tonight in Carolina. Uh, If you're a Rangers fan and somehow you made it in the building and they didn't keep you out because that was a story. uh, Good for you. Uh, Until then, the Rangers come home on Sunday and that will be the first home game of the series. I know some Rangers fans are optimistic. I think it's going to be a tough series, but hey, we got Rangers hockey for at least a week and a half, maybe two more weeks. So I'm going to enjoy it and hopefully they can pull it out. If they can win this series, who knows how far they can go. Like I said, going into every other episode, let's go Rangers and hopefully they can keep it going. See you all next time. You were the best nights of my life. You got the light that always shines. I miss the way that you move and the way I get high When you take me to your eyes Like I'm standing in the sky I see your subway cars and your old graffiti I breathe your air when I land in another city I'll be that one that's got you printed on my bones Yeah, you're all I know Everywhere I go Change it up, oh, oh, oh. always on my Birds flying on the highline With the sidewalks burning We pray for rain in July I want the Yankees 99 yeah. And the Knicks on a sold out night When the curtains close And the Broadway streets are alive hey. I need your heartbeat close Don't you ever leave me 
breathe your air when I land in another city. And I'll be that one that's got you printed on my bones. Yeah, you're all I know. Everywhere I go, oh, 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 I change it up, oh, oh, always on my own. I was God sent. I used to hit them courts, y'all didn't prospect. Take them long walks on my time spin. Just a kid with that empire, stay the mindset. Kick flipping off a blind deck. Dipping from the New York City's finest, yeah. Said I've been up on my New York shit. Walking down the block with my New York bitch. I can never leave my city, ain't nothing like it. Even if I do, though, I can never hide it. Top down on the west side when I'm driving. East side be the only side that I'm riding. I'm still New York. I'm still here.